Good morning, Hillside. Can we stand? Would you pray with me as we get ready to worship? God, we come before you excited to sing your praises. As the God of the universe who created all things, including this beautiful morning, but also the God who loves us enough and cared enough to send your son to die for us. God, you deserve every bit of glory, every bit of praise and honor that we can give you. God, we ask that you are glorified this morning and that we are transformed into your image. There is no, there is no God but you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Yeah. Hello, Hillside. Go ahead, grab a seat. As some of you may know, my wife and I just had a baby boy. Yes. Named Simon. And when I told him I was going to be doing announcements today, that's the face he made. Woo, go dad. Anyways, welcome to Hillside. If you're in the building or watching online, we are so glad you are with us. We have these things right here. They're called bulletins. If you didn't grab one, we have some ushers in the back who can get you one. And you, you might want it. You, there's more information about what we're talking about. There's message notes in here. So that's for you. Also in, in the seat pocket in front of you, I always feel like I'm on an airline when I say that. <laughs> Uh, you can find a connect card, and that way you can respond to the message, you can give us some updated information about yourself, you can do a prayer request, and you can drop those in the offering plates as they go by or out there at the welcome table if you need to. So we got a couple things happening that are pretty exciting here at Hillside, and I'm here to tell you about them. Are you ready? The first one is this. Next Sunday, we are launching. We call it the Amazing Race. It's our ministry service year, and we're launching that next week. We're going to talk more about that today in the service. I don't want to steal Dan or Wayne's thunder, so just uh, be ready for that. I will tell you next week, though, are you, as we launch the Amazing Race, we are going to have a barbecue. Okay, I, I've been watching a lot of Survivor, so I tried to say it like Jeff Probst when he's telling the, the contestants about the reward. We're going to have a barbecue with all the fixings. We're going to have games for people of all ages. We're going to be together as we follow God into this new excitement for that. I'm excited for it. It's going to be awesome. That's next week. Also, we have Mops starting up. When is Mops starting up? It is starting September 7th on the first and third Thursday of the month. MOPS stands for Moms of Preschoolers. And if you, if you are a MOP or if you know someone who is a MOP, just a mom of a preschooler, not the actual cleaning thing. Anyways, dad joke, sorry, I'm getting used to it. Uh, we would love to have you register to be part of MOPS. It's a place of encouragement, of support, and of coming together. So that's happening. We would love if you, if you are that or you know someone, pass the word on to them. Uh, lastly, we are getting ready to, uh, actually, for my area of student ministry, we're getting ready to launch into a new school year. But before we talk about that, we had a few of our high, uh, middle schoolers go to Frontier Ranch last week. I think we have a couple pictures of that. Yeah, look at them. They had an awesome time at Frontier Ranch. Andrew Seitz is back there. Did you have an awesome time? Thumbs up. He did. Thumbs up. He's not a plant. He actually did that. Okay. We, it was a great time for them. And as they're getting ready to go back into the school year, we just thought it would be a great Sunday, this Sunday, to just pray for our students going back to school, pray for our teachers, pray for our parents. So we're going to do that now. So if everybody just stands up with me, we're going to just say a prayer over the school year. I'm going to pray. God, thank you so much for this amazing summer. We, I just, I, I pray that this summer for families, for teachers, for school faculty has been a summer of maybe going out on the adventure that they wanted to do. Maybe it's a summer of rest that they were able to have. And God, as they prepare to go back to school, we just pray as Hillside Covenant Church that you would be all over this school year.
that the students who are represented from Hillside that are going to their school campuses, that they would be a light for your love to the people around them, whether that's a friend, uh, someone that they just rub shoulders with in the hallway, maybe it's a teacher, wherever they are at their schools, may they just be a light for your love. And the work that they do, the attitude that they have, God, we're just praying for that. God, there might be some teachers that we know in this room or that are in this room. We just pray for them this year that they would use their curriculum to weave your love into their classroom. Whether it's how they treat a student or deliver a lesson, God, we are just praying over this year for our teachers. And Lord, we pray over our faculty uh, at schools that they would lead the school with wisdom and good discernment and that there would be an environment of acceptance and an atmosphere of love that's built onto the school campuses because you're working through us always. Whether we see it or not, you're always at work. God, I pray for parents in this room as they get ready to go back to school, that they, as they're getting ready to do the driving, the carpooling, the picking up, uh, the helping studying late at night, helping finish projects, God, whatever's going to happen, we just pray for patience with our parents, for wisdom with our parents, that they would lead their families well. And, and as their students are learning lessons, may their parents be able to learn along with them and teach new things. And God, we just are praying that you are all over this school year. You would be on the move this year, great things would happen because of the work that you're doing through us on our different school campuses. So God, you are awesome. You're amazing. We're trusting that you are on the move and you're going to do amazing things. Bless this school year in your awesome, awesome name. Amen. Well, as you're standing, go ahead, find one person that maybe you didn't come with today and answer this question with them. What is your favorite race to watch or be part of? Go. Okay, if you can go ahead and take a seat. If we could have the ushers come forward for our offering. I'm going to go ahead and pray for our offering. God, we are excited to be able to give back to you out of what you have given to us. God, we want to acknowledge that everything we have to give originally came from you. God, what a joy it is to be able to participate in what you are doing. God, take what we give, multiply it, Lord, and use it to build your kingdom, your glory, to transform lives into the image of your son. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
we are so thankful for this morning. And Lord, I want to say I am personally thankful for things I've already seen you do today, for which I am deeply grateful, ways that you have moved in our midst, and I am thankful. Feel your presence with us this morning. And just like we sang, because uh, your son, our King Jesus, is alive, everything's different. He's the reigning king. This is his world. We belong to him. And we can face the future, not just without fear, but with courage and a commitment to serving him joyfully every day in advance of a new creation for which we are all heirs. Thank you so much for the joy of this morning. Be with us as we talk as a church family about what's coming up. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, good morning again. You can have a CM. Dan Seitz, so good to have you this morning. Uh, in just a little while, Pastor Jane is going to lead us in the meal that our Lord Jesus gave us to nourish us and to strengthen us. That's really the centerpiece of the morning. But before we get there, Pastor Wayne and I are going to talk a little bit uh, about this upcoming year. We're going to be fairly practical As you may or may not know, uh, the next ministry year here at Hillside begins next week, Sunday, August 13th. And this means a couple of things. First, it means that we launch a new message series. And it's something I'm I'm really excited about, something that's going to take us all the way through Thanksgiving. It's a series on the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5 through 7. And it's entitled, The Flourishing trees. And there's a method to the madness of that title, uh, but I won't tell you until next week. So that's the first thing this new ministry year means. New message series starting next week. But it also means the beginning of another amazing race. Amazing race, 23-24. And maybe uh, you're thinking this right now. I, I've been around Hillside maybe for several years. Maybe I've only been around Hillside uh, for a few months. I've heard that term, but I, I still don't really know what it means. Well, Amazing Grace is what we call each ministry season here at New Hillside. And, and we all intuitively get this. Uh, pro sports are organized by season, right? So uh, football goes from September through February. And uh, pro basketball goes from October uh, through June. And uh, baseball goes from April to October. Uh, Unless, of course, you're the Oakland A's, then it's April to just to the end of the month. Uh, uh, And then then your season is is over uh, for the most part. Hey, that may seem cruel, but they're 30 and 80, okay? So anyway. Um, Well, the ministry season here at Hillside goes from uh, mid-August, August August 13th, through the mid-July. Now, formerly, uh, Amazing Grace was just our term to describe uh, the serve season, And here at the church, we would serve on our teams. We got a bunch of them, you know, maybe kids or finance or welcome, something like that. We would serve for about uh, 11 months. And then uh, the the race would come to an end and we'd celebrate, we'd high five each other. And then we would begin to discern in the middle of the summer, well, what's Jesus the King calling us to do next? But as we talked as a staff 
team. In fact, this was really Pastor Wayne's insight. Uh, you know, we talked about this. It occurred to us that Amazing Race needs to be broadened. We need to think about it in a, in a broader way because the Christian life, which the Bible describes as a race several times in the New Testament, really involves, when you really think about it, it really involves two key activities. And so to do both of these activities is really to join Amazing Race 23, 24, all right? But before we get there, get a little ahead of ourselves, let's take a step back. And let's think about something really fundamental. What do we exist for here at New Hillside? What is our purpose? What is our mission? Well, it's to be light in the world. In fact, Roger Pell, uh, stand up, would you? You're wearing a be light in the world t-shirt. There it is. Roger Pell, exemplifying Hillside's mission. And it, it's really fitting that that would be the one way that we describe our mission, because in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus said to his followers, and Jesus is saying to us today, those of us who belong to him by faith, you are the light of the world. But what does that really mean? What does it really mean to be light in the world? How does that break down? We've given this a lot of thought since the middle of May when we came together and began this new thing. And as we thought about it and prayed about it and really grappled over this, you know, it, it really dawned on us what it means to be light in the world is to help all people know and follow Jesus. That's really what be light in the world means at the ground level. That's what we exist to do, stated very simply. We exist to help all people know and follow King Jesus. And Jesus himself after dying on the cross, rising again, uh, and, and just before going to his father and beginning to share the father's throne as installed king over all of creation, he said this to his followers, and he's saying this to us today because we're just like them. We stand in their footsteps. We are Jesus' followers and friends. This is what he says to us. Matthew 28, and verse 18. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is a, a royal statement. He's saying, I'm the king. This is my world. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Well, what does that really boil down to? Well, it's pretty plain. He's saying, you who already know me and are following me, you go and help everybody else know and follow me as king. And when we do that, when we obey the king in that very particular way, what are we doing? We are being light in the world. We're shining the light of Jesus throughout the world. Well, again, over the last few weeks, as we've been gearing up for this new ministry season, we as a staff have been energized by this question. And the question is, it's been a really exciting one. What could happen here at New Hillside over this next ministry year, which is about 11 months, if we all, 
every single one of us, every single one of us in this room, every single one of us in the uh, service that's going to meet next hour, what would happen if every single one of us recommitted to that mission with new vigor? What could God's spirit do if we all, every single one of us, like never before, like we never have before, committed ourselves to that mission? And honestly, honestly, we think we would have the greatest year in our history, a real watershed year. That doesn't work right now, does it, as a phrase, watershed year. Let's try this, an epic year, an historic year. A year in which we could look back and we could say that wasn't like any other year. There was fruitfulness that we've never seen before. It was way beyond the ordinary. What would it mean then? What would it mean for all of us to do this? And we've given this a lot of thought and prayer. And we have come to the conviction that it would mean every single one of us People who have been at Hillside for decades, and there are many of them here, and people who have been at Hillside for two weeks, and there are many of them here, taking two steps. All of us taking two steps, which happen to be the two activities of Amazing Race 23-24. Pastor Wayne's going to talk about the first step, and then I'm going to talk about the next step. So here's Wayne. Okay, so to make disciples of all people, we need to be a disciple, right? To help people know King Jesus, we have to know King Jesus. Not just know facts about him, data about him, but know him relationally. Be close to him, stay close to him, walk with him and in him, and we need to follow him. We need to begin to follow him in all different areas of our lives. So I'm going to go a little deeper, a little bit more focused into what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus? First of all, disciple, what, what does that mean? It means you're a learner. A learner, generic term, I am a learner. In this case, learning from whom? Jesus, right? Okay, we, we heard it in Jesus' words earlier. Go, therefore my disciples, and make disciples of all people, all ethnos, all, everyone you meet, everyone you encounter, everyone out there, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, keep, uh, obey all that I have commanded you, and behold, look, I like this, I'm with you always, I'm with you in this, till the very end of the age when he completes the kingdom and the new creation is complete. So first off, go out beyond yourself to make disciples. This is what disciples do. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're participating in this in some way. It might be small, hidden, behind-the-scenes way. It might be upfront ways. Um, but it's daily sorts of things. You are going beyond yourself to help make people disciples. How do we do that? We do that by sharing the good news. It's good news to share about Jesus, who he is, what he's done, what he invites us into. And when you do that, some people are gonna listen. Some people are gonna get curious. Some people are gonna open their ears a bit. And then when they receive that good news, 
like most of us here at some point in our lives did. He tells us to do something. Baptize them. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, God Most High. And then what else? Don't just stop there. Hey, work's done. No, teach them. Teach them to obey, keep, observe all, all, not just the stuff you like, all that I have commanded you. And I'm with you in this till the end of the age. This is God's mission in the world. This is what he's doing in the world. This is what the spirit of God in you is doing and wants to do in you and through you, brothers and sisters in Christ. And we get to be in this. You don't have to be the fastest one on the track. You might not be able to run. You don't, maybe you don't like to run. But God has qualified you to be in the race, to participate in the glorious work that he is doing in this world in this short time before he returns again. Now, before we go further on this question, uh, further, we want to ask this question. Why? Why would you or me or anyone want to be a disciple of Jesus? Someone who's continuing to learn from and obey Jesus, who's with us by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I tell you what, it's not easy, right? Running is difficult sometimes. You hit the mile mark, or in my case, the quarter mile mark, and you're like, I'm done with this. (laughs) All right, why? We're gonna need some motivation. Why would you want to take that first step or that hundredth step in this race? Thoughts? Love. Obedience. Obedience. That's what he's telling us to do, but why? Why Jesus? Man, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of experts out there to listen to and to learn from and to be disciples of. Why Jesus? He's the truth. He's the way, the life. He's the king. He's the one that laid it down for you and me on the cross. He's good, he's committed. He's the one. It's because of who Jesus is. I'll give you another reason shortly, but number one, when when following Jesus is difficult and calling others into that is difficult, remember who Jesus is, all right? Remember his love for you. So who is Jesus? Well, let's listen to Jesus. This is on the night coincidentally, of the Last Supper, communion time, the first one, before he went to the crossroads. He was with his disciples. Those who have already attached themselves to him and said, wow, you're the one, and we're following you to the ends of the earth. All right, who is Jesus? Listen to John 15, Jesus' words, verse one. He says, I am the true vine, and my father's the gardener. Jesus is the true vine, the life-giving vine, the fruit-bearing vine, the true one, the one to whom Israel pointed. They didn't quite fulfill that mission Jesus has. The one that God planted as a root. Jesus is the true vine, the source of life of good fruit for you and for the world. It's in him. All right, he's the true vine. And the father is? Gardener. All right. Listen to what he does. Verse two, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's what gardeners do with, with vines. And while every branch that does bear fruit, he trims them up, cultivates them, works on them, disciplines them. 
refines them so that, listen, this is the objective, this is God's objective, so that it will be, so that you will be even more fruitful. Then Jesus says to his disciples back then and now, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. The cleansing word that God spoke to you, you are forgiven because it is finished. You, you believe that, you're in that, you're saved. So now what? Verse four, remain in me, remain in me. And I, as I also remain in you. Then you'll become a fruitful branch in the vine. Then you will be participating effectively in helping others know and follow him if, critical, you remain in Jesus. As you actively, intentionally remain in Jesus, not passively just floating around, hey, but staying close to Jesus, listening to Jesus, drawing near Jesus daily, and doing what he commands. Because it's good, because you know him, because of who he is. It's trusting him, it's following him, it's learning from him. This is a relational word. Remain in me, remain with me, as I am already remaining in you. I'm fully in with you. Are you with me? And Jesus gives us this, this morning, and he, this is such a, a magnetic uh, phrase because he knows us, we are prone to drift. We get busy with our own things. We start attaching ourselves to other vines and the fruit we produce is not very good. So Jesus like, remain in me, reminder, I'm the true vine. Okay, that's good. Now, what happens if and when you remain in Jesus? If we continue as his disciples, Verse four again, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must, must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the true vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. God will produce and generate much good fruit in you and through you. And listen to this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Wow. If you remain in Jesus, taking steps of trusting obedience to Jesus, if you let him discipline you, you'll become a good fruit-bearing branch, a person that produces good fruit. What kind of good fruit? Does that remind you of any other phrase? The Spirit of God inspired in, in Scripture? Through the Spirit. Produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's good stuff. We don't have it in us. We need to be attached and remaining in the vine, the source of all those things in abundance. Apart from him, we can't produce that. It's not in us, right? We've tried. Some of us have tried it on our own, doing what's right in our own eyes, and the fruit we produced was not good. Okay, so that's what, you, what happens if you remain in him. If you don't, what happens? Nothing. A lot of sound and fury, but the end, nothing. Nothing of significance. 
And Jesus goes further. He says, man, if you don't remain in me, you're like a, a branch that withers and it's dead and it's not good for anything except to be tossed out and burned in the fire. That, that was a whistle. Man, very stark, different ways. The, the path of life, the path of death. Jesus is laying it out for us. And what a waste that would be. Man, you got two billion heartbeats in your life if you live to about 70. If you're above 70, you got a few more. What are they for? To what are you applying them? Okay, this is what Jesus wants. This is what God in you wants. In verse eight, listen to this. This is to my Father's glory. It brings glory, attention, honor, Uh, It's a signpost pointing people to God. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. That's what he wants. That's his end goal. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. If you're producing much good fruit, guess what? You're a disciple. How about just a little bit more than last week? How about a little bit more than last ministry year? Let's bear some more good fruit. Now, if you want that, I want that, man. I've tried without Jesus. I've tried detached from the vine, separated from God, and it just ended in nothing, nothingness. Ecclesiastes, you know, vanity. Existential angst, nothing out there. You can keep trying, God will give you time. It's a waste of time though, especially if you know Jesus is saying to you, get get attached to me, I am the true vine. All right, so if you're in, you're like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. I I wanna be a disciple, I wanna remain in him because of who he is, and because if I do, when I do that, if I do that more this year than last year, I'm going to produce good fruit in my life, lasting fruit, eternal stuff. All right, so here's the fill-in, here's the pivot. How do we, how do we remain in Jesus and therefore bear much good, lasting fruit? How do we do it? Well, got a nifty handout for you. Hopefully you got one. It looks like this. First of all, what we do is we ask Jesus, right? Because he's our discipler. Lord Jesus, what are you calling me to do? What is that good next step of discipleship that you are calling me to take this new ministry year so that I can grow closer to you, so I'll know you more, so I'll follow you more closely, so that I remain in you because I wanna produce good fruit in my life. All right, so the first step in that, uh, but all along we're asking Jesus for the answer to these, is number one, where are you? Where are you? Where are you in this? Maybe you came in this morning, someone dragged you, and you're like, I'm not interested in God at all. Thank you very much. And there's a lot of people out there that are in this place. Well, we want to help that person move from closed and not interested to curious. How does that happen? Well, usually because God sends a disciple to that person in some form or way, and they see something, some light in that person, something different, a little bit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, a little, little fruit, and that makes them a little bit curious. So God sends them, us out, and we wanna help people move from one to two. So if you're at one, and you're like, I'm not sharing God, but maybe 1%, then use your connect card and say, hey, I'm a one percenter, I'm number one, and I'm a one percenter, and let's have a conversation. I was, I was a one at one point, right? And, uh, and thankfully, somebody came alongside me and kind of helped me wrestle with that question. I'm not interested in God, really? You're not interested in God? I think you are. All right, one percent, put it on your connect card, name, contact info, I'm a number one, I'm one percent interested. All right, number two, if you're, you're curious, you're here, I'm interested in God. 
the vague general God out there, I know there's something out there. Come on, there's gotta be something. If, if you are in that place, we wanna help you get your eyes on Jesus, the eternal, immortal, invisible one, the eternal word of God, the son of God who became flesh to help you know him personally, not vaguely, but relationally, and is calling you today into a relationship with himself. If you're a number two, put on your connect card, and we want to help you move to number three which is exploring Jesus. Now, if you're number three, you're seeking out, yeah, I think it's about Jesus. There's something about him that's special. Then we wanna help you move to number four, which is receiving the gift that he died to give to you, to offer you, which is eternal life, life with God, to help you move from separated from God without hope, without him in the world, to with God, united to him forever, part of this new creation. He wants to put a spirit in you. He wants to make you a new human that is bearing good fruit. That's the opportunity for you. Tell us, hey, I'm a number three. I wanna talk about number four. All right, now, at this point, we're helping people move into discipleship. You know Jesus. You're clean because of the word that Jesus spoke to you, and that's pictured in baptism. So you're number four, five, or six. We want to help you take that next step. And if you look at this sheet, there are some ways for you to move forward. Let me pull up the right sheet. All right, there's a bunch of ways here that we've listed to help you take next steps. If you're in number four, there's some next steps there to help you move to number five, where I'm learning to follow Jesus as Lord. All right, and if you're learning, just kind of starting this journey with God, uh, I'm learning to follow Jesus as Lord. There's some classes, there's some things for you to take. And then uh, if, we, if you're a five, we wanna help you move to number six. If you're number six, there's some things there. If you think you're number seven, uh, Newsflash, we don't quite get there this side of heaven. But that is the target, right? That is the path that Jesus is leading us forward to, to this point where I trust and obey Jesus in every area of my life. I know he's good. I've surrendered it all. And um, so that's where we hope to get. We won't get it till the other side of heaven. These are some next step classes. These are short term things that you can dive into and will help you take those next steps. All along the way though, if you're a disciple, you are in these ongoing disciplines. This is just stuff to help you remain in Jesus. It's not works to make you right with God or, or to, to earn some points. No, it's to help you remain in him, close to him, so that you produce much good fruit in your lives. Sunday worship service. Check, we're there, woo! All right, keep at it, right? We gotta draw close to God together. Remain in him together. He is present with us this morning. Uh, large groups, there's a variety of large groups that break into smaller table groups. And there's all sorts of small groups to get involved in to help you walk out this walk with Jesus uh, close in close encounters. Uh, and then get in the Bible, pray, fellowship, serving, giving, sharing the gospel. This is all what the early church did from the very beginning right after Pentecost. So get in. What I wanna do is just pray real quick because we gotta hear it from Jesus. And um, let's go to him. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for coming after us. Thank you for coming into your world, your broken, rebellious world, and into our broken, rebellious lives to reveal yourself and to show us the way, the truth, and the life. God, thank you for your presence with us this morning. And Lord Jesus, we ask that you would disciple us right now, that you would help us see, that you would illuminate, that you would prompt us by your spirit to identify that next 
good step that you, Lord Jesus, are calling us to take because we want to be more fruitful. We want to help others come to know you and follow you as well. Amen. All right, use your Connect card. That's the next step. You got something you've identified, put your name, put your information, and just add, where are you? Number four, five, six, seven, or one, two, three, and we'll help you take that next step. Dan's up. So all devoting ourselves with fresh vigor to this mission that Jesus the King has given us, it starts with discerning a next step in discipleship. That's the first thing it means. What's the second thing it means? It means all of us taking a next step in service. Listen to what God says to each one of us. This is God speaking to each one of us this morning. This is 1 Peter 4.10. He says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Isn't that an incredible passage? God's word is saying that, that, that each of us has a gift has an ability, has a competency, something that God himself gave us when we were reborn, something that's even on top of all of the natural abilities uh, that we came into the world with. And God's desire, God's wish is that we would use that gift, that we use it, we wouldn't let it rust, and we would use it specifically to serve everybody else in this church family. Well, what would that actually mean? What would it mean practically uh, for each of us at the beginning of this new Amazing Race year to take a next step when it comes to service? Well, practically, it means each of us joining a ministry team for the next year. It means uh, picking a role, selecting something, uh, Candidly, maybe two if we're in the stage of life when we've got a lot of extra time. Not everybody does. Some of us have a lot of small children and heavy, heavy professional responsibilities, so we've got to have something kind of small. Some of us have a lot more time. But we pick that role, and then we stick to it until we all cross the finish line uh, next summer. You know, my friend Brad Rutledge is doing this. He doesn't know I'm talking about him today. Uh, a, a, a habit I have. Brad's serving on the finance team again for another amazing race year. And Brad is also joining our kids team. And I want you to think about that. Many of you know Brad. Some of you don't. Tough Brad Rutledge. Brad is tough. Brad is tough. Tough Brad Rutledge. Former UCLA athlete Brad Rutledge, in this next ministry year, is going to be holding babies in addition to analyzing spreadsheets. He's going to be taking care of baby Cana. He's going to be taking care of baby Oliver. He's going to be taking care of baby Simon. Three itty-bitty hillsiders. I love it. I love it. If you would, take out the other handout that was in your bulletin this morning. It's the hillside ministry menu. And this sheet lists uh, 
essentially all the ministries of Hillside, every single ministry team. And it's a tool for us all to use to take our next step into service, which again, if we all do, every single one of us, because we all matter, God's Spirit could use it to give us a, a record-breaking year at New Hillside. And here's how you use it. It's very, very simple. First of all, you just look it over. Just read it over. See all the teams. Scan it. And then second, as you do, be aware of how God's Spirit nudges you. you know, God has gifted you. God's gifted me for doing stuff in the church. So if we read this ministry menu, we can expect that God's Spirit will nudge us. And, and it will, will move us in certain ways, maybe inspire us, maybe make our hearts come alive in a new way. And third, we pray for guidance. We pray that God's Spirit would lead us and guide us. And we ask a familiar question that's a big question around Hillside, something uh, that we come back to over and over again, a question that we ask with our spiritual companions in our groups. But we ask this question with a little bit of a twist. We say, living Lord... At this moment, how are you calling me to follow you in service at New Hillside right now? What are you saying? Don't do anything because Wayne told you to, or I told you to. Don't do anything for that reason. Do whatever you do because God commanded you. God led you. The Spirit of God moved you. And then once you have a sense of King Jesus's direction, here's what you do. You contact the team leader. Very simple. Team leader contact information is on the menu. And you say, sign me up. I'm going to serve on this team for the next amazing race year. You can count on me through July of next summer. And I'm going to be willing to sacrifice to maintain my commitment to that team. It's going to be a priority for me. And as you may or may not know, the Hillside website contains an expanded description of every single role on the menu. All you need to do is go to the website, click on the button that says Ministry Opportunities, Amazing Race 2324. Click on that, and then an expanded ministry role description will pop up for every single one of these roles. So you really know what is it that I'm committing to. We want it to be nice and clear. You'll probably have some questions. You can contact the team leader. You can ask that team leader to take you out to coffee and to pay for it while you ask the questions, all right? I want to say this, you know, in the interest, again, of being more fruitful than we've ever been, because the, ch the church is so important, this church is so important, in the interest of being more fruitful than we've ever been, our goal is to forge Hillside into a team of teams. And in addition to every hillsider, you know, having a group of spiritual companions, okay, which is in many cases, you know, what taking the next step in discipleship really means. There are a lot of different things, but kind of right at the center of that is finding spiritual friends in a group, people with whom we can connect and relate and, and reflect on scripture and then discern the king's leading. In addition to that, our dream is that every hillsider, every one of you, who's got so many gifts dripping off you, would have a ministry team at Hillside. You would know where you belong. You come here and you think, yeah, I have a group of spiritual friends, people I really count on here, people who know me, people who I can share my life with, people who can walk with me in really difficult times, people who can straighten me out when I need to be straightened out. 
But I also have a team here, I, a, a group of people that I serve with at Hillside shoulder to shoulder. And you know what? I'm not embarrassed to ask you to do that because you will find deep satisfaction in going deeper into this church in discipleship and service. You know, our goal is to, as team leaders, both staff team leaders and lay team leaders, is to make you feel a part of a team, to give you that opportunity. That is such a satisfying experience, to be part of a team in the church. You know, years ago at another church, I served on our Alpha team. Alpha is this worldwide outreach ministry. It's tremendous. We used to do it here. I hope we bring it back at some point. But our leader was this English guy named Rob Glenister. And Rob was a great team leader. I mean, he was really exceptional, layperson. And here's what made Rob Glenister such a great leader. He forged us into a team. He made us into a team. And he did this in just a, a handful of very simple but very powerful ways. This is the first thing Rob Glenister did for me and others on the Alpha team. He gave us distinct roles. We all knew what we were supposed to do on an Alpha night. None of us just came and kind of lurked. We knew what to do, which was empowering. I know my job is to greet her. My job is to lead a table or whatever. That's why we have ministry role descriptions. That's why we've really thought about, well, what are the ministry roles at Hillside and what are the responsibilities that go with them? The second thing Rob did was so powerful is he trained us. He was an expert in Alpha. I wasn't, and neither were the rest of us. So he gave us some gentle coaching. He told us how to do it. Don't overtalk, Dan. That's what he told me several times. People are still telling me that. Got to keep hearing that. I'm an overtalker. This is another thing Rob did as a great team leader. He gathered us regularly for prayer and for pep talks. He was gracious about it, but he coached us. And we knew we were important because we were the FBC Alpha team. And so he gathered us and we prayed. We never did anything. We never had an Alpha night before we prayed. And he gave us pep talks. Remember this. Remember that. God's going to use you tonight. And then lastly, this is what Rob did. It made him such a great team leader. He celebrated with us. When the end of an Alpha season would come, we would all eat together. We'd go to his house in Sunnyvale. And, and he and his wife Angie would cook for us. And we would celebrate. We would party. And we think we did it. Thanks to God's goodness, we got through another alpha season and we saw fruit. That's what great team leaders do. And that's what we're coaching our new hillside team leaders to do, staff and lay. And we all have areas to grow, me more than anyone, to give us distinct roles so we know what we're, we're doing, to train us for those roles so we do it with, with, with real excellence, to gather us regularly for prayer and pep talks and then to celebrate with us. We need to be a church of celebration. Ministry teams need to celebrate with each other when an amazing race year comes to an end and many times in between. So here's the question. Here's what this all comes down to. Wayne's in my next steps pep talk. In the interest of our mission, to be light in the world, to help everyone, people near and far, know and follow King Jesus for a lifetime. In the hope of having the best year we've ever had in this new church that's come together, Old Hillside and OTC, will you do two things? Will you take a next step in discipleship? And will you take a next step in service? Will you do that? Every single one of us, will you do it? In other words, would you join Amazing Race 23-24? And I want to speak candidly. <laughs> a lot depends on this moment. 
this is a big moment. It's a huge moment. And whether or not we realize the extraordinary potential of Better Together, this once-in-a-lifetime gift of coming together and being supercharged with new capabilities that we never had before, I want to tell you straight, whether or not we realize the potential of this gift depends on what we do in this moment. I really believe that. And if we all join the race, every single one of us, in a manner that, that fits with the king's particular leading, if we all do it, which means taking a next step in discipleship, whatever that might be, and taking a next step in service, whatever that might be, because it can be different for every single one of us. We have different gifts, and we have different availability and so forth. We could cross the finish line in July of 24, a transformed church, a substantially different church. And here's what, how we would be different. Every single one of us here, every single one of us, more like Jesus than we've ever been before. I mean, really looking like Jesus in a way we never have before, with everybody in our orbit enjoying the benefits. Because the more we become like Jesus, the more everybody else benefits. In the home, in the workplace, in the church, on the Little League team, whatever. And then secondly, many new people coming to faith. People who are number ones <laughs> over this next year, coming to believe in Jesus and joining us uh, among the ranks of his friends and his followers. But here's the thing. It's Jesus' leading that matters. It's what he's saying that matters. So let's do this again. Let's bow our heads and let's listen to him. Let's count on our king talking to us. And let's ask him, what next step are you calling me to? Because I live for you. I have no king but you. And I will do whatever you've called me to do. So let's take a little silence to let him guide us in our next step of service and more broadly, our next step of discipleship. We are yours, your children, your sons and daughters, ones you have brought back from our waywardness, brought us into your heart and life, forgiven us, and named us as your heirs. We belong to you, and we know that we have a limited amount of time in this age before your son, the king, returns to renew all of creation. We have a limited amount of time. To, to, to know you and develop our relationship with you in this age before faith turns into sight, and we have a limited amount of time to serve you in this age. So we want to do whatever you want.
We recognize in this church we have a trust, and we want to be faithful to it. So guide us, lead us in knowing what next steps you would have us take in discipleship and service. Whatever you want, we want and will do because we belong to you. We love you. We're so grateful to belong to you and to be part of this great story which has such a triumphant and climactic end for which we are speeding. We pray in the name of Jesus, our King. Amen. If during that time you sensed King Jesus leading you, Wayne and I would love for you to write it on your Connect card and then give it to us, share it with us, so we know how God has spoken. Pastor Jane is going to lead us in communion now. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you all. I haven't stood up here in a while and gotten a beautiful view of all of you. So as we prepare ourselves to take communion this morning, I'd like to turn our attention to a statement Jesus made while he was giving the first communion meal to his disciples on that memorable night. And the statement is this. He said, do this in remembrance of me. I'm sure the disciples may have found that a little disconcerting because they had yet to be convinced that Jesus was going anywhere, let alone about to die. And I can imagine Peter maybe cracking a little remark like, I don't think there's much chance of us forgetting you, Jesus. But um, the most common understanding of the word remembrance is a ceremony or a token in honor of someone who has died. So in a sense, Jesus is saying to his disciples, soon I will no longer be with you to share this meal. And maybe some of them caught that. To me, the statement has multiple meanings. Jesus said, when he said, do this in remembrance of me, I think he was saying at least three things that we can um, glean from that. He was saying, remember who I am, not just in your head, but by becoming like me. And he was saying, remember what I did, but not just by memorizing, or not just by reminiscing, but by doing the very same things. And he was saying, remember what I said, not by memorizing my words, but by telling others about me. And so we take communion, we eat the bread, and drink from the cup, not to keep ourselves from forgetting Jesus, but to become little Christs, being like him, doing what he did, and spreading the good news. Both Wayne and Dan have given us today some super clear direction on how to do just that by taking that step to intentionally grow as a disciple and taking that step to serve the church, this hillside, this body of Christ. And now we come to the table. This morning we'll serve communion at three different stations each with the bread and the cup, and all the bread is gluten-free. There'll be two stations up front on either side of me and one in the rear. 
Now, if going to one of the stations is difficult for you, please just stay where you are and then raise your hand when you see Dan and me walking around and we'll bring the elements to you. Once we begin serving, I want to suggest that those of you in the front half of the room would come forward through the um, main, the center aisle and take communion in the corners and then return by the side aisle. And those of you in roughly the, the back half of the room would go to the center aisle and go to the rear to take communion and then return by the side aisle. And I may I ask my servers now to take your stations, please? And I think I need one more server. Thank you. Great. Now, if this is new to you or you're visiting here, I want to give just a few words about how this works here at Hillside. As you approach the station, um, take a piece of bread from the first person you encounter and a cup of juice from the second person. Then take the elements back to your seat, and then we'll eat together when everyone has been served. Also, the communion table here at Hillside is open to all who love Jesus and look to him as their Lord. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church. Just love Jesus and follow him. If you would rather not participate for any reason, feel totally comfortable to just remain where you are. We're each on our own journey to God, and um, we have our own time frame. God has his time frame for us. At the same time, coming to the communion table can be um, a very meaningful uh, moment to say to Jesus, yes, I want to follow you. I want to acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. So maybe that's for you today. So now we are ready. And the next part of this is what we call the words of institution. And that word institution means just that that night Jesus instituted this sacrament. And so this is how we do it. On the Lord, Lord Jesus, on the night when he knew he was going to be betrayed and handed over to be killed, he celebrated. He celebrated the Passover meal with his friends. And during the meal, he took bread. <clears throat> and when he had given thanks for it, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And later in the meal, in a similar fashion, he took a cup of wine, and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you, and whenever you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And the Apostle Paul tells us that whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's ask God's blessing on this sacramental meal. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for sacrificing your son, your only beloved son, that we might have a way to be reconciled to you. We thank you for this meal and ask your blessing on the bread and the cup. Amen. And now you may come to the front or to the rear to be served. We have all been served.
So let us partake now with joy and with gratitude. The body of Christ, broken for us, let's eat together. And the blood of Christ, shed for us. Let's eat, drink together. And let's seal the sacrament by saying the Lord's Prayer together. And in the evangelical covenant denomination, we use the word sins instead of trespasses. So let's try that this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Just stand as we respond.
you if any of you need prayer have a wonderful week and uh, walk with king jesus Amen.